When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How's it going, everybody? This is episode 195 of Catfish on Ice. Welcome in. It's your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Um, Is it hockey season yet? No, it's not, man. I hate to break it to you. I'll have to tell you a quick story. So I was on Instagram, and I follow um, University of Kentucky hockey. And I saw a quick picture and it said 30 days until hockey, but I thought it was like, I didn't know what, what it was, if it, but it wound up being college hockey. So, Which, hey, like, I'll take something. any hockey I can get right now. Honestly. I absolutely will take any I can get right now. You got that right. It, it's. Uh, it, I mean, whew. I put it out there the other day. I feel like it's never going to get here. I almost don't even want to get excited about it because it's just, it's like, it's like when you're a kid waiting for Christmas to get mm-hmm. here. And Absolutely. it's October, you know, it's like, you feel like it's never going to get here. Um, I cannot wait for it to get here. And with like all this- the rejuvenation around the, around the team, around the predators right now, how can you not be impatient Exciting. about the upcoming hockey season? 2023, 24. It was like 50 days, right? Is that right? Something like that. I don't even like counting down because it makes it seem longer for me. I, I would rather just yes. I know I know I'm I know that I'm going to the season opener. I know that's October 10th. Exciting. That date is all that matters to me. That's as important as any date can be to me right now. That's how obsessed I am with the start of the new season. Predators need to beat the bricks off of Tampa. Mmm. Fighting words from Rich Howe. Mm, I'd love that. I don't know. That'll be an I mean, you never know what's gonna happen in the season opener, but the lightning, they're not gonna be the same cream of the crop lightning that we've no. come to know. They're gonna be a big quality team. Not the but same. We don't know what to expect. It's really no. hard to expect here. But yeah, I cannot no, wait to be no, there. No Corey Perry. No Pat Maroon. I don't remember who all else if they lost anybody else, but yeah, no, not they're right gonna there. have a. They're not gonna be the same unstoppable team as years past, like dynasty type of team. But they're still gonna be a quality team. They're in a really yeah. tough division too. But um, Ooh. yeah, interesting season opener for the Predators. All right, everybody, we are brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon, both of our amazing sponsors. You can use pro use promo code THPN. For both of those sponsors to get great offers, we'll tell you about them later. Raycon does wireless earbuds and speakers. And, of course, you all know about DraftKings with our ongoing promo code THPN. We'll tell you more about them. We're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We got it down below there. We are on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify podcast listener, you can subscribe to our podcast and get notifications every time we put out a new episode. And, of course, we are also streaming live on our YouTube channel, trying to build those subscribers, trying to put out good content for you before the podcast goes up on all of the podcast airwaves. So if you subscribe to the channel, 
you get to watch the episode before everybody else that's not subscribing. And you get to see our face. You get to see our beautiful faces. Yes. Mm. And also, you get... I vow this to everyone. We're going to work on it really hard. Once the season starts, we're going to try to put out quick content for you guys, whether it's a 10-minute segment here, 15-segment here, reacting to games, even if it's not part of the main episode of the podcast. We really want to start treating our YouTube subscribers to some special content. So stay tuned for that. Let's tell you what we got in store for you here for episode 195. I'm calling it the dog days of summer. It's mid-August. It's hot. It's humid. It feels like hockey's never going to get here, but we are inching closer. Here's where we're, we're going to go back into the Preds archives here. This is what we do in the offseason, and we're going to do some predictions. We're going to look back at oh, the yeah. five best individual seasons in Preds history. The five done by a single player doesn't mean how the team necessarily performed. But what did these certain players do? You're talking about a 25-year history, so not a lot of ground to cover here. But we'll see. We recently did our top 20 players in Preds history. That spanned over two episodes. So if you missed those two episodes, go back and listen to our top 20 players in franchise history. That was a lot of fun. And also (laughs) excruciating. It was like doing a a research project back in uh, college to graduate. It was quite a bit. You did a good job. You did a very good job with the research. My high school teachers watched those episodes. They were probably saying, if only he put that much effort into (laughs) work, maybe he would have gotten straight A's. Never know. But we'll leave that in the past. All right. We're going to do that. We're also going to do some predictions. We are going to look into the future as the season gets closer. And we're going to talk about who is going to lead this offense this year. Is the offense going to look dramatically better? Let's hope so. I hope so. That was, there were a lot of excuses, a lot of valid excuses for why this team struggled to score. But even when you before the trade deadline sell-off, this team struggled to score for whatever reason. So, obviously, the head coach is gone. You got Andrew Burnett in here now, who is, quote-unquote, an offensive guru. Barry Trotz, our new GM, vows to rectify all these things and get faster. How quickly can he turn this over? Who's going to be the offensive catalyst of this Predators team in 2023-24? We're going to list a bunch of players. Some of them are obvious. But I got some hot takes. I got some players. We're going to look at goal scoring and see who's going to really lead this team. Love it. Because this team's got to be better than 27th in the league. Got to be whatever they There were somewhere around that neighborhood in scoring. They, the power play started to show flashes of light that here and there. But, you know, once you start putting in a bunch of inexperienced players after you did the sell-off at the trade deadline and the injuries that also yes. happened, it was hard to get cohesion yeah. with the with the power play. Yeah, it just kept getting worse and worse, you know, like every week. Almost every game it was like, "Oh, there's another person out. Bring up a youngster." It became not even surprising like yeah, you see a new injury. Every morning you would wake up to a new notification on your phone, mm-hmm. now this player's out. Yeah, it was yep. I've tried to scratch that from my memory, but it's still very, very raw. Yeah, Forsberg, I remember it very clearly. 
Forsberg brained himself on the boards. Matt Duchesne's mm. finger fell off. Um, Ryan Johansson. Ryan McDonough missed time. Ryan Johansson Ryan missed time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his, it was just you saw Parson got a huge chunk of his season cut yep. out. Which was a huge shame. Huge shame because he was hanging around the rookie race for a little bit. He was doing he awesome. What may be the goal of the year, in my opinion, I thought, the between yeah. the legs. Yep. So there you have it. Alexander Carrier, if we're going to talk injuries, you got to throw him in there. Yeah. I mean, yep. he's really coming back. He's having to really come back, even though he did get re-signed this past offseason or this yep. current offseason. Uh but yeah, so a lot of uncertainty, of course. But a lot of injuries have added to that uncertainty. And you got a lot of guys who are going to come back into this season with a major chip on their shoulder. And I like that. I want guys with chips on their shoulders. That's what we want. That could be good things for this team. Yes. And no one should have a bigger chip on their shoulder right now than Philip Forsberg. Amen. Yes. He hears it. You know, I know athletes say they don't read all that stuff. They don't listen to the he outside does. noise. They do. They're human. They might not let it bother them, but they definitely hear it. Yeah. So sure. my thing is before I go on a tangent here, because really I'm just introducing the episode, but I do want to yeah. go on a small tangent. Um, yeah, no one should have a bigger chip on their shoulder than Philip Forsberg right now because He's one year removed from getting the contract from not being lost by the team. And, you know, we were worried we were going to lose him. We did episodes on it where we were like, yep. We were like, he's good as we were like, he's good as gone. That was when our our good, that was when our good buddy Kyle Perkins was, was still on the show with us. Uh, Kyle Perkins has been really busy, had his work schedule changed. I hope we can get Kyle on for uh, some guest appearances when the season starts. Um, I'll move my schedule around to get him on the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was back when we had the the threesome on the show. We had three co-hosts or whatever. And we we talked about it so much. Oh, about gosh. Forsberg's good is gone. Like, mm-hmm. they, they screwed this up so bad. But he gets the contract. It's a pretty team-friendly deal, honestly. But he still has to uh, – there's a lot of people who feel like he's just going to be another Johansson, another Duchesne yep. who's overpaid, doesn't live up to it. Yep. But I want to remind everyone, and I think I've told you this, Rich. I want to remind everyone, Forsberg, efficiency-wise, was having one of his best seasons of his career before it got derailed, with the exception of that 2021-22 season where everyone who wore a Preds uniform decided to have a career year. What a glorious three-fourths of a season that was. Let's let's get some comments in here before we really get into the episode. Nikki, hey Nikki, how you doing? She comments on YouTube and says, "Hey y'all," in a Sarah Giles voice, which is yeah. the uh, awesome, yeah. amazing person who runs the Pred- Predators social media <clears throat> account. She always she always starts all her little uh, video segments with, "Hey y'all." Shashkatooth Tiger is in. Welcome in. We love to have you here as well. Good evening, all. Ooh, different guitars. I think he's same guitars, about. different view. <laughs> and no, you see Soros jersey, Rich. Yeah, it's up at. So I got. So we're we're moving our rooms around. I'm hoping so. Our upstairs office is going to be like 
have my jerseys hanging on the wall and I'm going to do the podcast up there, hopefully. So, oh, Pretty all exciting. right. So, yeah. stay tuned, everybody. Some new backdrops yeah. for Rich hopefully. coming up. Yep. Stay tuned lots for that. Of, lots of good stuff. And we're going to also deal out quickly, rapid fire our top, we'll say top five Stanley Cup contenders. A way out. So we're not going to make hardcore predictions. We'll save that for another no. episode. No. But we are going to at least throw some teams out there. We'll do that to close out the episode. Let's yep. get into it, Rich. Obviously, still a lot to get into, even though we are in mid-August. So yep. let's get into it, Rich. Let's get into it with our best individual seasons in Reds history. It's going to kind of tie in a little bit to the top 20 players of all time. Yeah. You know, That's a little true. bit. Yep. Here's my first one. Really, I'm not ranking these. I'm more just yeah, throwing just, them all together. But sense. I am going to start with the original OG best season, individual season in Preds history up until just a couple years ago, really. Yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely Paul Correa, who joined this team as the biggest free agent up to date. At that time, in 2005 yep. offseason, he had already made a storied Hall of Fame career with the Anaheim Ducks leading up to that. And then he joins the Predators in 2005, chooses the Predators. Yeah, that No was one the, saw that coming at the time. That was the key, the key right there. He chooses the Predators. Yeah, yeah for sure. And no one saw that coming at all. And... You know, there. I invite everyone, you can look it up with a simple Google search, just Paul Korea Predators, honestly. Uh, our, our guy, Pete Weber, mm. back in like 2000, I want to say 2017, wrote a really, I'll share it on Twitter uh, so people can find it. But um, he wrote a good, really amazing article that I read today when Paul Korea came back and kind of, got cemented as one of the great predators of all times, even though he did only play two seasons in Nashville and just kind of talked about that whole situation when Pete Weber found out about Paul yeah. Correa signing with the predators during that summer, you know, Pete Weber was covering baseball, minor league baseball at the time because he's a big baseball guy. So I want everyone to go check out that article. It's on the national predators website, but it was all the way back in 2017. So you might have to do some digging. I'll go find the link and I'll and I'll put it out on Twitter X. Or so can't get used to saying that. But um, let me go ahead and share on the screen Big Paul C. Korea and his special numbers that year. Let's get it on the screen for our YouTube viewers. We like to share this fun stuff for our. YouTube viewers who are so nice to watch along with us. Looking at his career, this is a top five performance by him. Oh, yeah. So he put up, I mean, his his single season point record of 85 points stood tall up until mm -hmm. that 21-22 season when yeah. every Predators player that wore the jersey decided, we're just going to have our best year ever. Yep. Oh, we got Redemption in the in in Johnny. in the chat. Chatted with him for a while. Up in the Great White North. 
We have not seen him in an actual episode, live episode in a while. Hope you're doing good, man. All right, so my browser is screwing with me to share uh, the Paul Korea graphic. I'll work on that. But until then, let me share some of those numbers from 2005, 2006, going all the way back. First of all, that came right after the lockout season. Right. And the Predators had just made the playoffs one time going into that season when they landed Paul Korea. So by no means had this team graduated from being an expansion team punching bag, if you will. Right. They were getting there, and Paul Korea had absolutely made a big difference. 85 points in 82 games. We're talking almost two decades ago. Very different NHL. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Today, you look at it in a point-per-game player. It's like, okay, you're good, but you're not elite. Back then, posting a full 82-game season and cracking a point per game on 82 games is very, very impressive. Let's share some more of a from Predemption here who knows his Preds history. Oh, very much. He's like, Predemption says, I remember where I was when I heard Korea signed with the Preds. I was at my job on a break and saw it on a sports ticket and jumped into the air like five feet. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sounds about right. For sure. That's, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Cool story there from Johnny who's been following the Preds for a long time, knows this team like an encyclopedia. Yeah, it's some scary. other numbers from Paul Korea that so currently that's third most in Preds franchise history for single season points. Averaged over 19 minutes of ice time that that season. Interestingly enough, was a minus six plus and minus, which is why a lot of people hate that stat to begin yeah. with plus minus. But yeah. minus six plus minus. 14 power play goals, which is currently tied for second most in a season in Preds history. That's pretty impressive that all these years have gone by and he still has the second most power play goals in one season. And let me share a Paul Correa single season record that he still holds for the Predators. This is digging a little deep. Let's see if I can Paul Korea's 32 assists on the power play that season, 32 assists via the power play, still stands as the most in franchise history for a single season. There you go. So let's share some. I do have this that I can pull up. Let's share some. Let's share a Paul Korea highlight reel that I found on oh, YouTube yeah, today. Great. It was a gem. Let's get it on the screen here since my graphics aren't working that I worked so hard for, but that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Here it so is. I think we all see where this is going. This see the old, we see the old Preds Jersey there. That helmet. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it full screen here. Mm. And we're going to share this on YouTube live. And also you can hear the audio. They need to bring back this logo. And this is against the Red Wings, too. Comes Korea, and again, watch out for the top corner over the catching glove. Red Wings with the only goal thus far. Korea's second shot. Oh, you called it. Top corner. Oh. <laughs> he got that dialed in or what? He was going there. He was a shootout master. He was. Oh, yeah. Perfect timing. No ball tender stops the shot. That's pinpoint accuracy right there. Yep. Impossible to stop. That's right. Impossible. In point accuracy for sure. 
that was awesome to see. I was really happy that I stumbled across that. That's great. It's a great clip. Yeah, I was looking um, at it. But, yeah, that was also when the shootout was still brand new. Mm-hmm. It was brand new for the league. That was the first year that they introduced the shootout for for um, to, to settle ties, to get rid of yeah. ties, basically. And a lot – I didn't like it at the time. I was still new to hockey, but a lot of people did not like settling games in the shootout, even though it is more exciting – I don't it's like still it a topic of conversation today. I don't like it. I hate it. I wish they'd get rid of it. Five on five till somebody wins. <laughs> I mean, you could shorten or- overtime or if you that. wanted to. You yeah. could figure out ways to avoid the shootout or extend overtime, I should say, instead of shortening. You should extend. You could extend it. But not like so. It's five minutes now. I think if you extended overtime to ten minutes, you would almost always avoid a shootout. Yeah. Or even if you did three on three for longer until somebody wins. I yeah. think it's. Yeah, I think that's how it ought to, to be. get back to Korea real quick to wrap this up. It's one of the best individual seasons <clears throat> in Preds history. He absolutely became a weapon on the shootout, and again. Everyone should just check out Pete Weber's article that I'll tweet out. Um, really good stuff that really kind of gave me inspiration and in just how great Paul Creo oh, yeah. was. Predemption says, I wouldn't mind a retro night or two a season where those original home jerseys are brought back. Oh, and you know how many jerseys they would sell at the gate? Oh, yeah. Imagine, imagine if they had a retro night. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, all the other sports leagues already do this. NBA does it so well. The NBA Throwback. wears retro jerseys all the time, and then they capitalize on it. They sell those retro jerseys. Uh, baseball does it from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. NFL is starting to come around and do it again. I know that the Tennessee Titans are going to wear their throwback powder blue Oilers jerseys this year. Yep. People Saw love that, that stuff. So the NHL once again is behind everyone else. Yeah. I know they do the reverse retros, but how about you just wear the retros? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's that's what I was getting ready to say. Some of the reverse retro jerseys are horrible. Um, yeah, just bring back the old ones. People love those, especially that navy blue Predators one. You'd sell a million. Of I don't those. know why they can't do it. I don't know. I don't Everybody know why they can't do it. All right. Uh, all of a sudden, my computer wants to work right now. So oh, there yeah. it is. Just to round out this segment, this first choice. Best seasons in Preds history. Paul Korea, 05 to 06, 82 games, 85 points. Sits his third most in single season in Preds history. 32 power play assists. Sits as a franchise record. And he also had 14 power play goals. So he really built the Preds power play early on. When you're talking about a team that struggled to score, I've said that multiple times when we do these uh, Mm -hmm. segments on historical Preds seasons and teams, 14 power play goals was really, really strong, and it still sits second most in this team's franchise history. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is... So I pulled up his record, his all of his years for uh, on Hockey Reference... And like, 
you know, that season was top five season. That's 11 years into his career. Like he was putting up 108, 99, 101 points with, with the, uh, the ducks. Like that's impressive. Like you said before, different game, way different game back then than it is now. And putting up numbers like that, it's crazy. Let's get to our next one. Let's get way more recent. We're going to go to a season that everyone knows there's, it's like low hanging fruit to pick up all these best individual <laughs> seasons. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's first say hi to our buddy CJ Snarky Squeegee on YouTube. Sup, everyone, is what he says. So and big congrats to CJ. He's going to be running the Catfish on Ice Fantasy Hockey League this year, year three. Wow. Look at that. We have hired a new commissioner. I am I am doing something that Gary Bettman would never have the stones to do. I never. am willfully stepping down and giving up my power as commissioner to someone who I think is going to run it just as well, if not better, in CJ. CJ is going to run the league this year. I am stepping off my post as commissioner. If you look at the the um, our chat with all the the people on Twitter that are our friends who are in the league, um, everybody's excited. Lots of excitement. Oh yeah, we can't wait. Yeah. Two and years in, we're two years in. It's gonna be our third year doing the league, and we have so much fun doing it. I still need to join. It's a keeper yeah, league. Yeah, I don't know what that is. That. A keeper league means that you get to keep a player. I don't know if CJ said two, one or two players, but you get to keep a player from your previous season. Oh, sweet. Some some people back in the day used to call it a dynasty league. It's kind of the same thing. You basically get to keep a player that you really want to keep. Awesome. And it counts as your draft pick. It counts as your first draft pick. So the people who don't that. decide to keep a so, for the people who don't decide to keep a player from their previous season, let's say you don't like your entire team. You're like, I want them all gone. Then you'll be able to draft in the first round. But if you decide to keep a player or two or whatever the rules are, I have to look at them, then you don't get to pick in the first or second round. Well, um, there it is. There's the rules. We are keeping six. 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 Roster size is 18. And three minors to stash for youth, like Ask Askarov or Kimmel. Wow. Oh, see, our new commissioner of the fantasy league is already doing so much better than he's I already, ever did. He is he's already doing a good job. Man, good That's job, amazing. CJ. I'm excited. It's amazing. All right. Let's move on to our next player again. Best single season preds in Preds history, individual seasons. Let's get to our next one. And it is a player that uh, we're going to talk about him a little later in this episode as well. Uh, I think I know who it is. It is Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Yes, for all the flack Matt Duchesne gets for underperforming in certain moments, he definitely has one of the best individual seasons in Preds history. And you know the season I'm talking about. It was that wild ride of a season in 21-22 where Matt Duchesne just went off. Him and Forsberg, man, back and forth. He decided to have a career year just when everyone was down on him. He entered that season with so much criticism. 
No one wanted him. Preds fans were done with him already. And he just said, hold my beer. I got something for right. you all. I got hold something. My, hold my guitar. Hold my guitar is way better. <laughs> hold my beer. For sure. So that was one of those things where let's look at it. 78 only- games during that year. 86 points. So he inches by Paul Correa's 05-06 campaign by one point. Yes. And not only his best career year, his best career year by far. <laughs> the most he'd ever put up oh, was yeah. 70 twice. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 awesome. If he'd have done yeah, that. Yeah, so he inches by Korea by one point. Second highest in team history, only behind Roman Yossi. 19 minutes of ice time, 16 power play goals is a current franchise record for a single season. That is held by Matt Duchesne. 16 power play goals. Six game-winning goals that year. Three overtime goals. And he also had 29 points on the power play, which is tied with, oh, going way back here, Merrick Zidlicki for eighth most. All right. I don't know if you remember Merrick Zidlicki. I don't even know who that is. I don't is. think so. I don't even think you were watching hockey then, Gesundheit. which is okay. I do actually remember him. He was actually a pretty good player. His season kind of ended prematurely. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. Wow. Another really interesting stat from that season from Matt Duchesne in 21-22. His points – I've been getting more into this – particular stat because I think it really is a an important stat that you should dive deeper in when you really want to see how efficient a player is being points per 60 minutes so that is whenever you play a full length now obviously no one ever comes close to playing 60 minutes in a game but it is a really good metric to see just how efficient a player is performing that season, Matt Duchesne, his points per 60 was third highest in team history at 3.479, only trails Forsberg and Steve Sullivan. Wow. So that's another mark of a great, one of the best seasons in Preds history that I came across that I had to put him in here, of course. And then finally, Matt Duchesne, his shooting percentage that year was bloated, was way up there. Yeah. 18.9% is third highest among players in Preds history. When you factor into minimum games played, I threw in 50 minimum games. You can't be taking guys who only play 10 games and use their shooting. Right. It's got to be guys who are playing every day, basically. Yeah. That third highest mark of shooting percentage is also third highest in Preds history for a single season. And he trails Ryan Johansson and Tanner Janot. Wow. Yeah. From that same season. From that same, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. We we talked about it at the time. And people have really talked about it since then. That 21-22 season saw so many players just break out. And you, all you got to do is look at the shooting percentages. In fact, the top four best shooting percentage seasons in Preds history 
all happened that season. Yes. Four and players all set the new record in one year. And I remember how happy we were at the time. It was such a glorious time. And all it got them was a sweep to the Colorado All, the, all it got them go was, um, was screwing the pooch in the last quarter of the season. We won't – well, we kind of just went there, but we'll, we we tried not to go there. It's, we it's really tried not to get there. <laughs> We, we, do you remember doing the live episode watching them get eliminated? I do. I do. Everyone should go back and listen to that. That if and you really want to uh, laugh. The one when uh when Saros got hurt. I remember our faces uh during that episode too. We were watching live then as well. That was crazy. So there it is. We got it on the screen there. Bessons and Pretz history. Matthew Shane, let's give him some love. Let's give him some props, even though he is with the Dallas Stars now. Yeah. Hmm. 86 points. Second highest in team history. 16 power play goals. 18.9 shooting percentage. There you have it. Yeah. Matthew Shane. Just what are you gonna remember? What are you gonna remember most about Matt Duchesne and his time with the Predators, Rich? I'm gonna remember his this season is one, obviously, and then um, his mediocrity the rest of the time. <laughs> oh, mediocrity—that's a harsh word. I know it is harsh, but gosh, man, it just—it just wasn't pretty. I hate. There was to say a lot it. to be desired. It was a roller coaster with Matt Duchesne. It was—it it was, was either the peak of the peak or it was. The the way dipped down. It was just a roller coaster with him. Here I, I'm gonna be a little bit nicer and a little <laughs> I, I agree. You're not wrong, Rich. You're not wrong, but yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit nicer here. The thing I'm gonna remember most about Matthew Shane's time in Nashville is I do one hundred percent believe that he was loyal to this franchise and it really yes. gutted him to get bought out. Yes, I think so too. And I think we I always need to remember that. We always need to remember that this wasn't a ugly breakup where mm-hmm. the player wanted out. Like, let's thank Ryan Suter, for example, who right. will always, till the end of times, get booed by Smashville. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't think sure. Matt Duchesne should get booed when he comes back. No, he didn't. he didn't do anything wrong. No, I, I agree. I'm always going to remember that, that he was extremely loyal to this franchise and yep. it just didn't work out. Yeah. I guess, I guess when you talk about the, the mediocrity is, um, is, you know, the events that led up to him being brought to Nashville and all of the pieces that, that got moved around to make that happen. And then for him to not kind of live up to what he was you know, the expectation or whatever, because a lot was given up to get that dude to Nashville. <laughs> definitely was. Definitely was. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our next player in best seasons in Preds history. It's from that same season. Surprise, surprise. Imagine that. Let's talk about the guy that was going toe to toe with Matt Duchesne that entire season yeah. to see who was going to break the single season goal record. And that was Philip Forsberg. I already mentioned him as coming into this season with a major chip on his shoulder, as he should. Forsberg finished with 84 points, but in a lot fewer games. 
than Matt Duchesne did, only in 69 games for Forsberg. Imagine if Forsberg could have gotten a full season under his belt like uh, Paul Correa did. Let's oh, say didn't. let's say Forsberg – I'm not saying injuries are Forsberg's fault. I mean, a lot of these are just fluke, bad injuries right. that happen. He's had really bad injury luck throughout his career, unfortunately. But let's just imagine if Forsberg, that 2021-22 season, plays the full 82 games – like Paul Correa was able to do, he he probably comes very close to hitting 100 points, and he might actually have the all-time record over Roman Yossi's 96 points. I have, I'm fairly certain that that would have happened for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's – you to get to 84 with that few games, I mean, that's just – it was a magical season. That's all you got. There's nothing else to say. It was just great. Diving into Forsberg's magical 2021-22 season that is definitely best in Pretz, one of the best in Preds history. He had the, he has the highest single season point per game total among players who played at least 30 games, which is kind of a good benchmark to set when it comes to that metric. Highest single season points per game. Also holds the fourth highest single season point total with those 84 points did fall just shy of Paul Korea's mark, which sits third at all time, 1805 of time on ice average that season, 10 power play goals, eight game winning goals. That is a high number for one season. Yeah, eight game winning goals. He came yeah. up just one shy of his own franchise record of nine game winning goals, which he set in 2016, 17. So, was definitely Mr. Clutch, was definitely in the right moments at the right time, which is what you expect from a player like Philip Forsberg. That's what we are really, really beating the drum on that he does this upcoming season. We need another, we need a season like this from him coming up. He's got to yes. be the leader. He's got to be the offensive leader. We're going to, we're going to talk about who do we think needs to lead this offense, multiple players going into this upcoming season so the Preds aren't a, an offensive abyss like they were this past year. Philip Forsberg is obviously the leading guy for that. Yeah. He has to be. It's it's his and Roman Yossi's team now. So he has to definitely uh, Well, I think it's been Roman Yossi's team for since Pecorine left. Well, yeah, but it's but I mean obviously still, still his team. Yeah. It's still his, but it's Phil is in second place, I would say. <clears throat> for sure, for sure. Um, another thing about Forsberg's 2021-22 season, I've been doing this per 60 metric because, again, I really love this metric. It's one of my personal favorites to really see how efficient a player is, uh, rating them over a 60-minute time span. Uh, f- during that season, his goals per 60 – Minutes, Forsberg finished with 2.018 goals per 60, which is second highest in team history and highest among players who played at least 30 games. There is one player who actually finished higher in goals per 60 than Philip Forsberg, but he only played in 20 games. But it was Blake Jeffrey on. All right, Predemption, where are you at? Preds Encyclopedia, I hope you're still watching. Please tell us more about Blake Jeffrey on. I vaguely remember the name. 
I know he was kind of a young player that never really took off like the franchise wanted him to. But honestly, Forsberg pretty much owns that record as well because 20 games. But still kind of an interesting Preds trivia nugget there. Here's what really stings. And it doesn't take away from his incredible 2021-22 season. But in that ass sweep, Forsberg managed to score just one goal in four games. Yeah. Yep. That does sting. That's rough. That's rough. They had such good seasons and then just – but to be fair, Colorado did that to everybody. But – yeah, it was it was it was tough to watch for sure. Yep. Colorado was just a train. They we weren't, weren't ready train. for they it. Rolled over everybody. It was we were yeah, not ready for it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Let's put it on the screen. Let's give our next let's give our next player some love here. Phil. There he is, Phil Forsberg. 84 points in 69 games, highest point per game total in Preds history. Eight game-winning goals, his second highest in Preds history. He actually owns that record previously. And then his 2.018 goals per 60 is also most in team history. So let's see if he can do that again. They're they're, going to need him to step up and be a leader for sure. Yes. All right, let's move on to a very – let's move on to – let's give some the goalies some love. Let's talk about – I'm torn. All right, Rich, I'm going to have you pick. I'm torn between two really spectacular seasons by Pecorino, and I don't know which one <laughs> to pick as being better. Oh. But they're uh, both owned by Pecorino. Let's start with 2017-18 when Pecorino – won the Vesna trophy. Yeah, that's let's, what I was going to say. That's the Vesna. Let's year. start with that one. But I got another season by Pecorine that I'm honestly want to pick as being higher, better, slightly better. But let's first talk about Pecorine's 2017-18 season. Won the Vesna trophy. His record, which I'm not big on win-loss record for goalies, yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. It's but it's not really let's fair. let's talk about let's talk about it 42-13 and 4. That's that's crazy. That is crazy. Absolutely. 42, 13, and four. 42 wins is second most in team history but behind Pekka's 43 wins in 2011-2012. Pekka had a 0.927 save percentage, which is tied with our guy UC Soros for second best in a single season. Soros put up that same save percentage in 2020-21. Yes, he did. Pekka yep. also put up eight shutouts. That eight shutouts in one season that's, by a goaltender. That's hard for me to wrap my head around right there. Yeah, that is that's huge. Um yeah. That is most in single season team in team history. And I don't even know if that's gonna be broken at anytime soon. Eight shutouts yeah. in today's NHL. You can have yeah. a gem of a game and be one of the best goaltenders ever, and you, it, odds are you're going to let a goal squeak by at some point. Whether mm-hmm. it's not your fault, whether it's you had to face five or six power plays that night, 
whatever it is, your, your, your defense in front of you kept giving up odd man rushes, whatever it is, it is yep. so hard to post shutouts in today's NHL. Those eight shutouts by Pekka during that year, that record's going to stand for a long time. Yeah. I, I hate to say it to UC Soros. I don't see him ever putting up eight shutouts in a season. No. As much as I love Soros. Nope. Different league, even from six years ago. For sure. All right. So let me share <laughs> Rich. Let me share the 2010-2011 season by Pekka. I know you're looking at it on your screen right I am now. Looking I, see. At it, yeah. I am. I know he didn't win the Vezina Trophy this year. He finished second and lost to Tim Thomas, um, former Bruins goalie. But He's I really want to make this actually his best season as, as a pro. 2010-11, he was still very young in his career. 2.12 goals against average, which is his yeah, career that's best. What I'm looking at. Yep. That's crazy. That's crazy. 0. 0.930 save percentage, also his personal best. Mm-hmm. Six shutouts, respectable. Six. He took a lot more losses that year than his Vesna trophy year, but I already told you I don't I don't really get into yeah, win loss right. records for goalies. Yeah. So yeah, what, what usually... say you, Rich? What which season do you think is actually better for Peckery? Oh, I really want to say the 2017 because he won the Vesna that year, but they're both amazing. Um, yeah, I, 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 w- I would say the 2017 season, but not by much because the other one was incredible too. So it's a tough. Hey, I'm it going 2010-11, even though he didn't win the Vesna. Yeah. I mean, you cannot argue against a 2.12 goals against average. That's that's another it. number. I don't. I, that's another number. I don't think any goalie is going to break for the Preds anytime soon. I don't even think UC Soros yeah. can break that record. No, that's almost so impossible. Mean. Then you look at the the two seasons before the 2010, seven shutouts in both of those seasons. Seven, seven and 28, uh, 2008, nine, and then nine, 10, another seven. Yeah. He's one of the good ones. Let, let's get caught up on some comments here. Let's get back to the Duchesne talk for a second. Some, we got some comments on Duchesne. Mac says, if Dutchie gets booed in his return, I'm going to be quite angry at our fan base. Yes, I would be too, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Everybody knows and how then, much you love Nashville. Shashku Tiger jumps in and says, the first two years that we had to do Shane, the whole team was pretty dysfunctional, which is true. Mm-hmm. And the third and fourth years, he's our leading goal scorer. Yeah. Also true. So, yeah, good good stuff there. And then, Predemption, Johnny, right on the spot. Yes. I knew he would remember. I remember Blake Jeffreyon was the first player drafted by the Preds who grew up in the Nashville area, Brentwood. That's cool. And I do actually remember hearing about that at the time. So thank you for that is cool. Very cool. All right. Thanks. Keep the comments coming, everybody. This is awesome. We've also got Buster jumping in on YouTube. Welcome, Buster. Oh, random prediction coming from Buster. Let's let's stay tuned for that one. Oh, here it is. We trade Escaro, signed Soros, and Jack. 
Jacola next is next. Okay. But trading Askarov, yeah. I mean, one of them's got to go, right? I mean, you're not going to hold on to both of them. That's kind of what we see coming down the road, way down the road. But yep. we see it coming. I think it could happen. Let's get Fourth to our package. probably the best single season in Preds history. Can you argue against it? It has to be Roman Yossi's 96 oh, yeah. points. Absolutely. I really thought he was going to hit 100 points that year. That Me too. I got greedy. I got greedy as that season was going on, and I was like, I don't care that he's got 90-something points. I want 100. I want 100. And when he came short of 100, I was actually heartbroken. I was like, because 100 is such a special number. You see the century mark, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And then the fact that he didn't win the best, or the uh, Norris Trophy, yeah. wow. You put 96 yeah. points, and you don't even win the Norris Trophy. Yep. And I remember – at the time when he was uh, during that season, people were comparing him to Bobby Orr and 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 stuff. And it's like that that's amazing to to get compared to such a great player, an all time great. It's just was was awesome. And he was getting a uh, Roman Yossi was getting a lot of press at the time, which is always good too. So definitely. He's our Bobby Orr. All right. Yep. Roman Yossi, special season that year, 96 points in 80 games, most in franchise history for a single season, 37 power play points is third most in a single season, 73 assists sits as a current franchise record now. And he actually beat that record by 19 assists which was Paul Korea's former number in that same season we've already uh, mentioned in 05-06. So he beat the current record or the he blasted the record by 19. That's pretty impressive right there. Yep. And once 1. again 1.2 1. points per game go ahead Rich. Oh, just I was going to say once again his best season by far. <laughs> I mean by if you look at all of his past seasons just it's not even close, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, I mean, he had, he was he, he covered all the bases that year. I mean, 1.2 points per game is second most in team history in minimum of 50 games played. Here's a cool one, and I'm going to ask you a random trivia question. You'll never get this. No, I love throwing know. random trivia questions at you. If you get this, then I, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Uh, All right, so Roman Yossi, I'll give the the people in the comments a chance to answer too. Yeah, there you go. Roman Yossi also set a lesser known record that year. He had 281 shots on goal, which is most in a single season by press play. Shouldn't surprise you too much in today's NHL. Guess who has the second most in a single season? Just name the player. You don't got to name the season or how many they had. Someone in the comments, who has the second most shots on goal in a single season in Preds history behind Roman Yossi? Hmm. Um, man. I don't know. I want to say, like, David Leguan because he played there forever, but I don't know. Mm. It's actually 
All right. We don't have any comments coming. This is a tough one. Um, it's actually Patrick Hornquist. Oh, I, that's right. I do remember seeing that. That was one In of the 2009, stats 2010, Patrick Hornquist put up 275 shots on goal, but only finished with 51 points. Yeah. How do you put up that many shots on goal and only get 51 points? Um, let's see. Ryan Ellis. CJ guessed know. Ryan Ellis. That's not a bad guess. That was a tough no. trivia question. I'm just getting you guys ready for if if any of these random trivia questions ever come up in your future, you're going to sound like the smartest Preds fan that ever lived. I'm just, I hope you're all taking notes here. Next time you're at an office party and you're talking about hockey. Hey, did you know that the most shots on goal in Nashville Predators history? And they're like, what do you, what? Nashville has a hockey team. That's what they'll say back to you. So Yossi now obviously sits. At the top of the list in all-time points for the franchise with 601. And he is 90 points ahead of the next active player, which is Philip Forsberg with 566. Second is David Leguan with 566. So Yossi is going to continue to pad his lead in point totals for sure. How many more years do you think he's going to play? Roman Yossi? Yep, he's 33. Ooh. What do you think he's got in him? Four more? I think – I don't know how many years he's going to play. I can give you – I think he's got three more good solid one. years the way he plays. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Three more years where he can be one of the top ten defensemen in the league, where he can put up the offensive numbers. The problem is this game – like offensive defensemen are a dime a dozen now. So right. he kind of started when he started coming up as an offensive defenseman, it was, he was kind of one of the rare ones. Mm-hmm. Now, every, every, it's like the new thing now is every team has an offensive defenseman who can pile up the points. So yeah, I agree. Can, how much longer can he hang with the new age of the NHL? I think he's got three more solid years in. I think that's good. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Maybe five more years total. Who knows? And then I'm going to throw one more in there real quick just to cover it. Just because I do think it was a really special season that shouldn't be overlooked. It was also in 2005, 2006, same season as Paul Correa's big (laughs) year, and that was Steve Sullivan. Oh five, oh six. He put up sixty eight points in sixty nine games. Was the second highest point per game output until that crazy twenty one twenty two season where everyone's records got blown out the window. Yeah. So if we were doing this segment before twenty one twenty two, then Steve Sullivan would be one of the best seasons in Pratt's history. Yeah. Single seasons. It would be a much different conversation. So I wanted to throw Steve Sullivan <laughs> because. That dude was a great ambassador for this team, was such a leader and a veteran and a great person, and he came back and uh, said so many good things about the organization. And so, Steve Sullivan, I got to throw you on my list there for sure. Yep. So that's going to wrap up that part of the episode, the best individual seasons in Preds history. I hope you liked that. I hope you agree with it. If I missed any that you think were really good, then please, please let me know. I might have missed a couple. 
In which Pecorino I think you could throw, you know, better. UC Soros. UC Soros definitely deserves some love for what he's done. More to come from UC Soros, of course. Vesna. Next year, bank it. Oh, well, we already know you're in for that, right? <laughs> I'm in for All that right. now. Let's tell you, before we move on to our next segment, let's tell you about DraftKings, our amazing sponsor, sponsor, new customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. And in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific gambling resources. Bonus bets expire Seven days after issuance, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Wowzers. I'm sure that we've got a really awesome DraftKings offer coming up for you when we get into the hockey season, so stay tuned for that. Let's get into our Central Division Rundown, or one of our newest segments on the show, and it's really going to be in full force when the season starts. We are going to hit all the major topics surrounding the Central Division, during the season and we've got three teams in our division that's got some stuff happening that we need to cover tonight so let's get into it rich first yes let's go to the let's go to the colorado avalanche i think you know where i'm going with this one why don't you go ahead and let everyone know who is on the cover of the new ea sports nhl 24 hmm it is Cal McCarr. Cal McCarr. How do we feel about that? The, the only, first of all, the only other ass player to get the cover of NHL EA Sports is Peter Forsberg, all the way back in NHL 98. Oh, wow. I bet that's a fun What do you play. think about it, Rich? Are you cool with it? I mean, no one's ever going to be completely happy with who they pick because there's always going to yeah. be biased fan bases. They're like, why not my favorite player? Why not my favorite player? I personally don't have a huge problem with it. He's the up-and-coming NF- and, uh, defensive superstar that the league wants to push. He's on a great team. Doesn't surprise me too much. Uh, a guy like Cal McCarr is going to connect with the younger demographic right. that plays these games. So, you know what? Yeah, Honestly, I think it's a good pick. I think it's fine. It wasn't Austin Matthews again. So, <laughs> he's been on there all the time. It, 
it wasn't Austin Matthews and it wasn't Matthew to Chuck because they could have picked Matthew to Chuck. Thank you for not doing it. I would not have bought it. I could not. They, they but they would have been justified. They would have put a picture of him with his mouth guard out chewing on it, and I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Let, let, let's look at it from this angle. There's plenty of players that would have been way worse in our perspective than Cal McCarr. Yes, that's true. If they would have put Sidney Crosby on the cover, not that he doesn't deserve it, but it's more or less like I do think it's a smart idea by the game to put a young rising superstar on the cover yeah. to connect with the younger demographic, and McCarr is certainly that. That so. does make sense. Um, yeah, well, why not? I wasn't Trevor Zegers. Was he on something? He was on the, he was on last year. I thought that was, that was awesome. I don't think I have that one. I don't think I bought that one. I don't remember. No, I did. Actually, I do have that one. So, yeah. So it's, that's kind of the trend, I guess they're going with the younger players, which met, like you said, that totally makes sense. So, so you play um, the NHL EA games, Rich? I do a little bit. Um, not very good at it, but you just play fun. the computer or do you do like yeah, a franchise mode? Uh, yeah, I'll do. Yeah. I'll do like a, a season. I'll play a season, but not the general manager mode and all that stuff. What about the be a, be a pro mode where you create your own player and you I go through the minors that. and you get drafted. I haven't done that. That's like having a second job getting into some it of those. It is like having a second job. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I just can't do that. But I mean, I've got it set real easy. Like it's easy to play. I don't don't even know what I'm doing half the time, but it's fun. CJ is also a, um, a backup Colorado Avalanche fan, so he says he's biased, can't comment on it. So oh, we know cool. that he's okay with it. I don't have a problem with it, though. I think it's no. fine. Uh, mm. I think it's good. It, I, w- I mean, if I was talking about players I thought they might pick, you know, I could have seen I, – I definitely could have seen Tuchuk getting chosen as much as you don't like that. But – I think he's a little you know. polarizing. I don't know if they would pick him. I don't know. Definitely polarizing for sure. But overall, a good pick. Yep. Let's move on to the next. Oh, I got another. I got another surprise trivia question for you, Rich. Name four of the last six NHL cover athletes. Just four uh, of the last six. <clears throat> Trevor Zegers. Yes. Alex Ovechkin. Austin Matthews. P.K. Subban. Uh, Subban. Is that the last six? I think that might be. He might be the sixth. Wasn't he like 2018, 19 or something? I don't remember. I got to look it up now. I think Austin Matthews went two years in a row. Uh, No, Austin Matthews was not two years in a row, but he was within the last six years. He's one of them. Yeah. Well, he went. He's been on it twice. Well, I'll tell you who should be, should have been on the cover right now. And this is courtesy of the morning skate. And it's a travesty that this man did not make the cover. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I mean, it's a travesty. That what are we doing here? I don't even know. Not even what know. are we it's doing so here? That is the cover we all deserved. There's right so much there. going on in that picture. That's the cover we all deserved. We deserved Phil Kessel on the cover. 
Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> there's just too much going on in that. It's like, can you, not, can you not afford some new biker shorts to wear underneath your 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 shorts there? They're ripped. I think he can definitely afford it. I don't think he cares. He doesn't care. Yeah, he does not care. I mean, you're talking about a guy who eats hot dogs probably two meals, <laughs> maybe three meals a day. Yeah. Why yeah. would he care about his biker shorts? He does not care. So I got the I cover. Really wish the, I really oh, no. wish the Predators would have signed him, though. <laughs> just for – even if it was just for half a season. Oh, my gosh. So the last covers were obviously Kel McCarr, Trevor Zegris, and um, uh, Darnell Nurse's sister. I can't think what her name is, which is sad on my part. 22 was Austin Matthews. 21 was Alex Ovechkin. 20 was Austin Matthews. P.K. Subban was 19. Good job. You aced that with flying covers. Good job. I, I did. Look at me. And then Connor McDavid was 18. and Yeah. And so on. And so on and so forth. Let's Sarah get to our, our next team. In our, let's get to our next team in the Central Division rundown. And that is, let's talk about the Dallas Stars and our buddy, Matt Duchesne, who we've already talked about today. It seems like he's settling in nicely. And yep. – when I look at Star's Twitter, they are amped up about Matt Duchesne. Oh, and, and they should be. They absolutely should As they should be. should be. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, yeah, it's funny that, like, I read, I read an article about the Central Division today before we came on, and it was talking about, like, there's only two, like, legitimate teams in the Central that have a chance to make it to the Stanley Cup, and it was Colorado and Dallas. And and we gave them two players this season, last season, so or at the end of the season, so it's kind of funny that um, the way it, that that panned out. About to break some hearts here. About to break some hearts, people. We uh, we did get to see Matt Duchesne with some uh, out on the ice, kind of taking pictures with his new teammates, and also jumping in on Dallas Stars social media page. And there you have it. There he is, Matt Duchesne. In the green. I love him. In the, in the gang green. Very Oof. strange. And I weird. am really worried. I am really worried that Matt Duchesne is going to come back to haunt us and he is just going to go off on us when he – because not only is he on another team, but he's on a division rival to make he things is. even worse. Uh, the the his awesome performance in the twenty one season was um, the product of revenge. <laughs> so I'm guessing that he's going to try to duplicate that again. So Nikki, who is also so we got a lot of viewers who are Preds fans, but they also have a second team, which there's nothing wrong with that. I. Totally on board with having more than one team. Um, Nikki, who's likes, who's a big Stars fan, she says, Stars Twitter are homers for our dudes. We love them. So yep. there you go. I will so watch. We will be following that. Well, what, what are your expectations for Duchesne? Do you think he can, well, like point-wise, do you think he's going to be like a 50, 60-point guy, or do you think he can just really erupt and – Maybe not do what he did in twenty one twenty two, but 
I mean, could he become one of their top three scorers alongside uh, Jason Robertson and maybe, uh, I don't know, Rupe Hintz maybe? He has the potential. Um, I, I would, I, it would not hurt my feelings to see him have an awesome season. Um, I'm going to watch – I'm actually going to watch the Stars more this season just for that reason, to watch him because I like him a lot. So, yeah, I just of course. Don't like yeah. Jamie Benn. Oh, well. <coughs> if they got rid of Jamie we'll Benn, I would too. probably watch him all the time. And let's round out the Central Division rundown here in episode 195 with the Arizona Coyotes. They are looking to buy what they call a new parcel of land in Mesa, Arizona. I don't know the greater Phoenix surrounding area very well. But from the research that I've done, buying land in Mesa does not solve any type of short-term problem for why the NHL refuses to explore other options to relocate this franchise. Did someone sell them some beachfront property in Arizona? I don't know, man. All I know is if they're if they're going to buy land in Mesa, Arizona, which, from my understanding, that we're talking if that happens, and they even they're saying it's going to be privately funded and all this stuff, but that's going to be like four years before this, if it even happens and goes smoothly, until yeah. arena is built. Where are they going to play until then? They're going to keep playing in a college arena for three or four more years. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So I don't weird. get it. I don't know why Gary Bettman is so loyal to staying in that area and not looking I mean, at – there are so many other very solid, viable relocation options. And I'm, I'm sorry to the diehard fans that live in Arizona. I know that sucks, but, yeah, I mean, it's just – it is what it is. I mean, I don't see how yeah. you can keep the team there. I didn't I didn't look at where the property was located or whatever, but like if it's just like some piece of land out in the middle of wherever with no infrastructure and all that stuff, I mean that's four years. That would be that would be like best case scenario. Seems yeah, it's like, not like they're it's not like they've already got a stadium deal or an arena right. deal lined up and yep. this is worth putting it. No, they just bought land. That's all yeah. they did was buy land. Yep. Here's here's the quote from the team on this. I got this from TSN. <laughs> the team statement reads, quote, Coyotes remain committed to building the first privately funded sports facility in Arizona history and ensuring the Valley as the club's permanent home. But, you know. Wow. I just don't know how they're going to play at Arizona State University for another three or four years. Although I would love to go to a game there. I'm don't get not me wrong on that. I'm, yeah, I don't. I would love that too. That would, would be, be an so amazing close. experience as as an that away fan to go to a NHL game in a college arena to be that close. Maybe they can make it work for them. They might. What's that place called? Hey, what did we say? Like nine thousand, something like that. Ten thousand, something like that. Yeah. And what cures all? Winning cures all in most situations. And the Coyotes have been pretty bad for a while. They've been going through a, a rebuild of their own. But I have already been fully on record of saying that I think the Coyotes can make a wild card spot this year. I, I'm a big believer that yeah. they're going to um, 
show a lot of improvement this upcoming year. They got a good young nucleus led by Clayton mm-hmm. Keller that I really like. And yep. I just I think they're going to show some improvements. I thought they showed uh, strides this past season. They're going to show more strides this year. And if you can put a winning product on the ice this year, mm-hmm. maybe not even make the playoffs, but let's say you, you definitely show improvement to the to your loyal fans who are going to, to see their team play in a college arena. That'll build momentum. That'll build excitement. Yep. Let's say they become an exciting brand of hockey. Then all of a sudden, they might become the hottest ticket in town. Like I got to go see this exciting team play in this college arena. Yeah. Then maybe yeah, mid, then maybe they could make it work for two or three years until this land gets a stadium in Mesa, <laughs> Arizona. I don't know. Uh, seems weird, but uh, they got Matt Dumba we'll see. as well. They just signed him as well. So I think they're going to be a lot better. I do. I do think they're going to be a lot better. Yeah. People who want to play there. That's the thing. Got some more comments strolling in here. (coughs) Thank you for all the comments. Predictions. Yes. Lots of comments here. It's been a lively conversation on our YouTube channel tonight. We love it. Uh, CJ CJ says, uh, I'm guessing he's. Uh, predicting Matt Duchesne he will hit the 70s, I believe. That would be huge for Duchesne if he hit the 70s. Oh, yeah. Different offensive scheme and has a lot of great players around him. Nikki says he'll be paired with Tyler Sagan. That's interesting. That I think they'll mesh well together for sure. Taylor Sagan. CJ jumps in on the uh, Arizona Coyotes Arena location. Mesa is not a bad bad place for them. Closer to Scottsdale, where the rich people are. Okay. Hmm. All right. Still, though, we're talking three to four years before they could even yeah. get all this figured out. So that's the bigger issue. That's the bigger issue like, for yeah. for the league. And it does look bad on the league that you've got a team playing in a college arena for that long. If that ends up being the case, yeah, they're spending it though as a good thing. So very true. And we're let's sitting here get saying to our let's go to our next sponsor that is Raycon. We've been talking about Raycon for a while. They're back as an, as a sponsor of the show, and we really appreciate them. So I'm sure some of you have already gotten your summer vacations out of the way, but some people like to do their vacations during the fall when the weather gets a little bit better and it's not so hot. Either way, even if you're not going on vacation. Summer is all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to my favorite musician or song of the summer on repeat or just need to retreat inside my home, inside my own head for a bit, and also inside my own home with AC with this heat. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm with some guided meditation. You do some guided meditation, whichever? No. What is that? (laughs) You don't do some guided meditation? What is it? What is wrong with you? Is that like where... What is it? I don't even know what it is. You just listen to some calm, soothing music in the background, and you just go into your own head. Oh, yeah, I've done that. I thought you meant meditation. somebody in your ear going like, you are good enough. <laughs> well, maybe that too. I don't know. I mean, people, your people your, your Raycon earbuds could do that for you. They can. 
Personally, with my wireless earbuds, a gym playlist is a must. When I'm at the gym, I got to get something to get me going, to get the blood flowing, to get me amped up. And your wireless earbuds, you don't need them getting in the way and falling out of your ear, not being comfortable when you're jogging on the treadmill or when you're doing all that gym stuff. Also, my wireless earbuds are amazing. We're hanging out by the pool. Uh, they're they're waterproof. You can um, lay out there, and get some sun rays down here in Florida or wherever you're at. So that is an awesome function of the Raycon earbuds as well that I like personally. So let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with a custom gel tips for the most com- comfortable in your fit. They start at half the price of the other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so really... You can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Catfish Ice listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And also, if you already got some rocking Raycon earbuds, you can get a backup pair or maybe get a nice gift for a, for a friend who's got a birthday coming up. It's never too early to go Christmas shopping. So there you have it with our promo code THPN 15% off your Raycon order. Rich, how about we do some Stanley Cup contenders? Oh boy. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Let me pull up the, yeah, there we go. Hmm. Uh, I think the most obvious choice that a lot of people are going to say I don't even think you can count this as a hot take, but you got to say the New Jersey Devils. That's was going to be one of the ones I would talk, would say. Yeah, they were. I watched some games of them last season. They were fun to watch. They are an exciting team to watch. They kind of feel like that team that's got next, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I agree. They are they're awesome to watch. I like them. They got cool jerseys too. I, I mean, they they kind of feel like a team that they're going to be exciting to watch. They're going to score a lot of goals. They're 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 definitely the team that's got next. Can they put that all together for a Stanley Cup in 2024? Maybe not, but they're definitely going to be a team that's going to be in the conversation and yeah and and be up there. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. What do you think about? <clears throat> Uh, the Maple Leafs. You think they? If, if you say it, if you say it every year, you think it'll happen? <laughs> I can't do it. You're not going to get me to yeah. jump off that ledge, especially if we're naming five teams. Yeah, they're always going to be a contender, I guess, because they do have Austin yeah. Matthews. But th- this is hockey. It cannot yeah. be just one or two guys. You got to have a complete team. They did take a step in the right direction by finally getting past the first round, but I can't put them in in my five. If I'm I'm naming just five, I can't say that the Maple Leafs. I think some people will disagree with me on that. I think if you want to put them in your five, you can. I'm going to go there. Yeah. 
I'll throw the Boston Bruins in there, your Boston Bruins. See, I didn't know if I was going to throw them in there or not <clears throat> since they've had so many changes. I, I think I can leave them in there. <clears throat> they, they're going to have something to prove. I mean, I, I just feel like – do you think they were a flash in the pan? Do you really think that they were just a – no, I don't think they were a flash. You're a pain. Bruins guy, man. We all talked about we all got backup teams here behind the Predators. Yeah. Yours is the Boston Bruins. Um, so Rich, defend your team here. I don't think they were a flash in the pan, but they've they've made so many changes. I just don't see how they can do what they did. They're not gonna do what they did last year. That was just something special. But um yeah, I mean, there's too many people that left and I don't know. Just um I don't know. I just don't I don't I don't think next year is gonna be the year. Well, a lot of people <laughs> are wondering if Linus Allmark was a fluke or not a fluke, but yeah. kind of a yeah. a streaky yeah. just decided to have a great year because he looked <clears throat> horrible in the playoffs. Oh my gosh. I hate he to was say hurt. that, but he <clears throat> Yeah, that yeah, was but a, I don't that know. was a product of uh you they knew he was hurt and Continued to play him anyway when you could have played Jeremy Swayman. And then by the mm. time you brought in Swayman, it was too late. So, <clears throat> so that's what happened with that. Let's, let's throw in one out of the West. And it's a team we've already talked about it. This is going to make Nikki really happy, but I got to put the Dallas Stars in my five. <clears throat> I do too. They've had a really, really great offseason. Um, who knows what would happen? In the Vegas series, if Jamie Ben doesn't inexplicably decide to just go off the rails, act like the opposite of what a captain should act like, and that was Game Three. Yeah, uh, if I if I if I'm remembering correctly, that was Game Three. And then they and won the next one. <laughs> he put his team in a major hole by unraveling early in that game. I just feel like if if those two teams played another seven game series, it could be drastically different. So, yeah. well, they won without. I got to put the Dallas Stars in there. So that tells you something. And then the law they lost when he came back. So that tells you something right there. Very telling. Hmm. Hmm. Let's get give me uh, got another one, Rich. With our um, rapid fire. Yeah, I want to. <clears throat> I'd like to sit and and think that the Florida Panthers could could do well again, mm. but I just I don't. I, don't think I so. could I couldn't tell if that was a flash in the pan or not. So I, I don't see it. Yeah. So it's tough. They'll to be decent. They'll be decent. They'll be the uh, middle of the road team. I don't. They can make the playoffs again, perhaps. But yeah. as far as yeah. rapid fire Stanley Cup contenders, like legit, yeah. like cream of the yeah. crop, I can't yeah, put them that right. high. You're right. Cannot put them that high. Yeah. I am. I mean, you gotta say Vegas is up there. They're the yeah. defending champs. So let's just go ahead and throw them in there. Um, we all agreed that when Vegas wasted the cup, it was none of us looked at Vegas and thought, uh, this team is a fluke. They they just got lucky at the right time. No, they're absolutely mm-hmm. deserved the cup and they're a great team. Yeah. They're stacked. Jack Eichel is just completely settling in and making Buffalo fans cry everywhere. 
Um, so Vegas obviously has got to be in your five if you're doing just five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, that was And then fun. it kind of gets tough. My, if, if I got to name one more, I mean, if I've only got five to choose from, I mean, I got Colorado still hanging out there. I still got Carolina hanging out Carolina. there. I still got the – so got the New York Rangers with new coach Peter Laviolette. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work, but it's still a very young team. It's still a very young team in their prime. Yeah, and another and another one of those fun teams to watch. I like watching them play as well. I mean, people are always going to bring up Edmonton just because they got got the stars, but they Jesus. got they got Connor McDavid and stuff, but. I can't just like the just like the Maple Leafs. I cannot jump on board with putting Edmonton in, in my five, maybe in my yeah. ten, but not in my five. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ah, so I'm kind of torn between Colorado or Carolina. If I gotta just name five, yeah, and I'm gonna go Colorado. I'm gonna go Colorado. I'm kind of leaning towards Carolina. I can't. I Carolina. I mean. Carolina just feels like another team that they can have all the regular season success they want to have. They might even be able to win another first-round series. But until they can prove to me that they can really win deep in the playoffs, it's hard to put them in the Stanley. I picked them as my Stanley Cup winner this past year, and injuries kind of caught up with them. It it just didn't work out for them. But um, it's why it's the hardest trophy to win in sports. So It is. I, I'm gonna lean if I got to pick five. I'm gonna take Colorado over Carolina. Close yeah, that's though, always, that's always a, a good pick for sure. So if you're looking at the Central Division, you got call you got Colorado and Dallas, and then you got everybody else. <laughs> that's right. That's what that it's article. A very wide. It, it's a it, it's a very wide gap between Colorado and Dallas in the Central Division, and then who the hell knows who can. You can get that third place spot. It could be the Predators, but it's a very, very wide gap. It could between that. Yeah, yeah. I think you're definitely looking at your Colorado and then Dallas, or vice versa. Hmm. Let's round out episode 195 with discussing who we think is going to lead the offense for the Predators. A Preds offense that struggled badly last year. Let's get also caught up on some comments here. As we did our rapid fire segment of Stanley Cup contenders. Liz jumps in, our good friend Liz, who was also in our fantasy hockey league. Liz says, nothing is impossible, but the least winning a cup is close. That's pretty good. It better be or Fans are going to burn Toronto down. Nikki says that the Leafs losing Ryan O'Reilly will hurt. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. Fans are not happy about it. Buster (laughs) throws in a a Stanley Cup contender, and he throws in the LA Kings, who we did not mention. Nope. Another fun one sure. And then finally, in our rapid-fire segment, from comment from that, uh, CJ says there's a lot of teams that are stuck and can't get over the hump. Leafs, Oilers, Canes, Bruins. Bruins have won most recent out of all those. 
Vegas is going to use L- LTI long, uh, long-term as your reserve again for sure. Yeah, yeah they're, I think they're still using Shea Weber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this episode rounded out. We're coming up on an hour and a half into episode 195, so it's been a good one. Trying to hold you over until we get to the new season. It's tough. Let's – Talk about we already kind of we already kind of touched heavily on Philip Forsberg and how we really need him to lead the offense this couple of year. I found something that was really really interesting that I kind of knew it, but I I always kind of you just don't realize it because it's so rare, so rare for a franchise's all time leading goal scorer, which is Philip Forsberg, to not lead the team in goals very often this season. Yeah, that's true. Forsberg has only led the team in goals for a season once since 2016-17. Yeah, that is very strange. Duchesne led the team in goals the past two seasons. Then the the pan, you had two pandemic shortened seasons. Uh, Yarn Croak and Mikael Granlin actually led the Preds in goals in 2020-21. And in 2019-20, Forsberg did lead the team in goals. That was the last time he led the team in goals was 2019-2020. So do we think he is the odds-on favorite, without a doubt, to lead the team in goals this year? Um, He better be. (laughs) (laughs) He better be. (laughs) I mean, I think so. I mean, he's going to be – you know he's going to be looking to come back strong after getting not being able to play for, which I guess it was like half the season or almost half the season. Um, yeah, he's he's he got his contract, didn't get to play as much as he wanted to last season. I, I think he needs to just come out on fire, and I think he will. I think he will. And I think Ryan O'Reilly's going to bring out the best in Philip Forsberg. And I agree with that as well. If we really think about not to make excuses for Forsberg, but he's never really, I mean, he did play with Brian Johansson when Johansson Mm -hmm. was kind of doing a lot of great things. But other than that, Forsberg has not really played with a veteran, like really established center in his career. Right. Yeah. And now he's going to. Brian O'Reilly's a tough player. I watched the games I watched last season where he played when he played for Toronto. He goes after it. He he's a he does not slack off any. So that's that's one good point for Nashville for sure. And being Andrew being under an Andrew Andrew Burnett, the new head coach, who is way more offensively minded yes. than John Hines was. There's really no excuses for Forsberg other than another really bad injury that you can't control, which let's really hope that doesn't happen, obviously. But outside of that, there's really no excuses here. Uh, Forsberg really needs to show out this upcoming year. Yep. But moving past the obvious choice of Forsberg, I'm going to throw out Philip Tomasino. All right. I like it. Not to lead the team in goals like ahead of Forsberg necessarily, but being one of the goal leaders, being yeah. like top four maybe. Uh, I I I benchmark Tomasino is, and I think he can do it if if, if the team finally invests in him and he doesn't mm-hmm. get sent back down to, to Milwaukee, which shouldn't happen. Shouldn't. 
I think a full season where he's he starts this season in Nashville and he doesn't get sent back down and he starts to get comfortable in the lineup and finds his place in the lineup, wherever that may be, I think Tomasino can crack 20 goals. I think that's very doable. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I hope he does have a good season. Um, yeah, another – I don't know. I mean, he's not going to be a leader or anything, but I'd like to see Yusel Parson have a really good season. I felt like he got robbed with his injury I'd like as to well. See, I'd like to see Parson take over the void that Ryan Johansson has left behind. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Because he is a big it. body like Johansson was. He he can crowd the net. He can crowd the goalie. Mm-hmm. He can get those deflection goals. He can get those rebound goals. And, yeah, he should be able to do a lot of work down there in the dirty areas to score goals just like Johansson did. So that's kind of what I see for you, so Parson. I don't know if he's going to be a 20-plus goal score, score per right. se, but I definitely think he could hit around 15 maybe uh-huh. and definitely get a lot of assists. I think he could be a big point producer for sure. Yeah. But I see him taking on a similar role as Ryan Johansson in terms of being that net front presence that just yeah. crowds goalie and gets in the dirty areas. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tommy Novak had 17 goals last season. Like to see him obviously have another. Good, I mean, you want them all to have a good year, but really want to see him continue with what he did last year because it was. Pretty I think good. you can make a hot take for Tommy Novak to lead the team in goals. You could, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't I'm know, man. There's something about there's something about Novak that just he just oozes confidence. Yes, and when you see Quiet him play. Confidence. When you see Novak play and when you saw him play last past season, he looked like mm-hmm. a player that's been in the league for six years. Yeah. Absolutely. And already has like a couple all-star selections under his belt. And already like has been a top line player for half his career. He just, you never see by the way he carries himself on the ice that, that he is a brand new player to this league. Yep. So He's another one that could really transform this team to being a legitimate playoff contender if yeah. he just decides to take off, avoid yeah. the sophomore slump or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So Liz my big says, thing is – yeah, go ahead. Real quick, Liz says, I need to see a Phil Uso line that was so good last season. Yeah. Yeah, the problem be a Phil that, O'Reilly line. <laughs> yeah, so you got to figure out – where they they get they well the thing is this team's got to figure out how they're going to sort out all their centers because they got a lot of players who can play center but they can also play wing, right? So you got to figure out what are you going to do with with uh, Novak and Parsonen because they can't right. both play center. And I think Novak needs to be a center. His playmaking ability, he needs to be a center, and you're gonna you can put Parsonen for the time being on a wing. Because yeah. then you also have uh, Sissons as a center. So, you know, you got to sort some things out there. And you got Cody current, Glass as a center, of course. With the current roster, the forwards, seven of them are center, listed as centers. Yeah. So I think Parsons, <clears throat> gonna be, Parsons going to be a winger uh, probably in the middle six. 
this has to be sorted out in training camp. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, yeah. that's why training camp is going to be a lot of fun. And I did a training camp preview episode, uh, training camp spotlights. That was in the last episode. You can yep. go check out if you missed it after you get done listening to this episode. Um, where I kind of spotlighted some big players to watch coming up in training camp, uh, which is just about what five weeks away now. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, So here's my thing. We kind of already touched on it. Who's going to fill the scoring void that was left behind since the trade deadline of Mikael Granlin, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. Those three players come though. So those three players combined over the last four seasons, accounted for 193 goals. And keep in mind, two of those four seasons were the shortened seasons due to the pandemic. So that number seems a little lower than it would have been. So if they were normal seasons, we're talking about you have to replace over 200 goals worth of production (laughs) Hmm. of of forwards that you lost since March. So that's why we look at Yuso Parson, Philip Tomasino, and if we're talking about offensive leaders, we got to talk about Luke Evangelista, of course. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he has the potential to add to that as well. Um, yeah, he was exciting to watch last season. So he's another one to look forward to watching, definitely. And, that, um, and I think that is why Trotz felt so obligated to push to sign some veterans. Mm-hmm. We, it didn't really make sense at the time. It was a little confusing, but that's why he went out and had to get Ryan O'Reilly and Gustav Nyquist. And also uh, Dennis Garyanov was because he saw a big void that was lost yeah. when it came to Granlin, Johansson, Duchesne. As much as those players underperformed in a lot of key moments, it's still mm-hmm. lost production that, that Trotz couldn't just leave empty. He couldn't yeah. just leave that void empty. He had to do something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of starting to make sense now when you look back on it. Yeah, it does, and it's it, it'll be good. And it's 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 a smart it's a smart game plan. Um, if you look at it, it's 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 better than just having young players and just have them get their brains beat in every night. <clears throat> you know. So. And finally, let's close out episode one ninety five on this segment of offensive leaders for 2023-24. Of course, with the captain, Roman Yossi. Perfect way to end this episode is to talk about our captain, who we've already talked about earlier um, as having one of the best individual seasons in Preds history, obviously. Yossi has only cracked 20 goals in a season once in his NHL career, which is probably a little surprising to people. Uh, He's always been a big assist producer, but you know he's a defenseman. So defensemen don't typically pile up the goals. But... With Andrew Burnett taking over, and with Yossi still, you know, yeah, he is. We, you know, Rich asked me earlier, how many more effective years do you think Yossi has? I said yep. three. <clears throat> this is a big year for him, obviously. I think he can crack twenty goals this year for the second time in his career. I really do. I feel good about that. I'd be if someone made me bet on it, I would take the over. Yeah, I feel that I good he, about it. I think he would have last year if he wouldn't have got yep. hurt. Yeah, he finished with 18. 18. Yeah. Yeah, so. he beat me to my point. Yossi yeah. finished with his second highest total in goals in a season last year with 18. And that's on a very offensively stricken team. Yes. And he still put up 18 goals. Mm-hmm. So he didn't show signs of deterioration last year. 
yep. in terms of offense. Let's see what he can do. Uh, Forsberg is your leader, obviously, when it comes to scoring goals. But after that, it's going to be a collective effort of a lot of different guys coming to the plate and making this team a much better offensive team than it was this past season. It has to be. It has to show massive improvement to back up their goaltender, UC Soros. Yep. Spread the love around, boys. Let's do it. Goal for everybody. With that said, we are going to close out episode 195. My voice is getting a little raspy. It's been a good episode. We are getting closer to hockey. We appreciate all the comments on YouTube. You guys are awesome. It's very Thank you for sticking with us. We hope you're having great summers. We hope you're staying cool. And then also, of course, before I close out this episode, I want to extend all of my best wishes and prayers to everyone affected by the wildfires in Hawaii. Oh yeah, golly, that's, it's um, that's it's, it's devastating. It's really rough. Um, yeah, the images tough. you've seen and all that. Yeah. So obviously, if there's any way you can help those victims, then we will. Share it on our social media accounts after this episode. All you got to do is is go on Google and look it up. There are so many ways you can help. Uh, if you have the means to volunteer, that's pretty amazing too. But um, there are so many ways that you can definitely help the victims of the Hawaii wildfires. So please do that if you're able. And we'll we'll share some some stuff on social media as well. And in the episode description here on YouTube, we will share ways and links to help the victims of the Hawaii wildfires. So please do that if you're able. Until then, everyone, please stay safe, hug your loved ones, be kind to one another, and try to enjoy this crazy ride we call life. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on Catfish on Ice.